Hello, I want to welcome you to week four of Relationship Reboot. We've been in this series where we've been attempting to give you some tools for the most important relationships that you have in, in your life. And so today I wanted to say welcome to all of you here on North San Jose campus, all of you at our Sunnyvale campus and everyone watching online. Uh, we have started this series in, with the intention of looking at uh, of, of having a couple different kinds of reboots in our lives. There's a reboot that's intentional where you kind of shut everything down, you close all the windows, and you restart. And then there are other reboots that are unintentional. And if you've used a Mac, you know what that feels like, or you see that rainbow ball of death spinning, and all of a sudden everything shuts down, right? And you lose all of your work. Uh, in relationships, um, that same thing can happen. And so what we're trying to do is give some tools that will av avoid that happening for you. So the first week we talked about selflessness, we talked about forgiveness, we talked about trust, and then today we are talking about boundaries. And, and boundaries are so important, and I think we all have experiences with boundaries that, that we try to set and they get walked over. Um, I had this crazy college roommate, we'd go on a lot of trips together and he would always forget his toothbrush. And he was always like, bro, let me use your toothbrush. I was like, there's no way you are using my toothbrush. So I'll give you the $2 to go buy a new toothbrush. And then I realized like, oh, I'm just enabling him to forget his toothbrush because I'm rewarding him by buying a new, a new one. So we all have um, experiences with, with boundaries in our lives that go well sometimes and don't go well. Here is the thing that most of the unhappiness in our life can be tra traced back at some level to the amount of boundaries that we're either making or, or not making. And I just want to say on the front end that this, this talk has been heavily influenced by a book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries. And we as a staff really recommend this book if you're, if you're interested in this topic and feel like you need to do some more research in this um, as well. I also want to say on the front end, um, I, I texted Pastor Andy, our lead pastor, uh, who's not here this weekend, and I texted him and said, hey, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak on this. Um, I really stink at this. As, uh, as I'm going through and doing the research on this, I'm like, I really stink at this area. And he said, well, you're the perfect person to present it then, because that means you're still growing in it. So if today, if we can just all be on the same page that we're all still growing in this, this area, then we're going to get along just fine. So let's start by looking at, uh, as, as we look at our relationships, we're going to kind of look at it like a, like a box. There are several sides of this thing. A box has many sides, and so there's going to be a portion of this today that we're looking at the spiritual side. There's a portion that we're going to look at the relational and emotional side. And then today at the very end, we're going to get really, really practical. And, and it's going to feel, in some sense, like behavior modification. But I promise you that the behavior modification that we need to talk about goes hand in hand with the spiritual. So I'm going to ask you to hang in there with me. But as we get started in this topic, I thought it'd be a great place for us all to get on the same page. And let's just define right from the front, what is a boundary? And if you look in the dictionary, it's just really simple. It's this, that a boundary is a line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line. And the easiest way for us to get our heads around this is to think about uh, in terms of, of property. Maybe you are lucky enough to, to own property here in California. Maybe you've had your heart broken like me and realize how expensive it is to own here. So you rent, so you have a house that you rent or an apartment, but you get it. At some level of your life, there are some physical walls that separate where, where I end and where you begin, right? We all get this. But in terms of, uh, of not only property, but also with our own personal boundaries, it has three elements, and this is important, that a relationship is, or I'm sorry, that um, the elements of a boundary are these, responsibility, control, and ownership. Let me say that again. Who has responsibility, who has control, 
and who has ownership. And it is part of God's created order for us in our own heart with the boundaries that we have that uh, uh, this is the way it works. I can't control what goes on in your property. If you've been married for more than a week, you realize this. I can't change someone else, right? I'm only responsible for, for my heart, my attitudes, my choices, and that's what I'm responsible for. And when each person in the relationship takes responsibility, ownership, and control of themselves, uh, and we bump up against other people, when that's going really well, we, we have freedom, we have intimacy, we have joy and happiness in those relationships. But when they are not going well, we really start to feel a lot of tension, and those lines start to get real blurry, and that's where the conflict starts to come in, and things get out of order. So we're going to look at this today in terms of looking at some scripture, and we're going to start with Galatians chapter 6. 1 through 5. Let's read this together. Brothers and sisters, if someone in your group does something wrong, you who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help make them right again. But be careful because you might be tempted to sin too. By helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. If anyone is thinking he is important when he is really not, he's only fooling himself. Each person should judge his own actions and not compare himself with others. Then you can be proud for what he himself has done. And here is the big idea today, that each person must be responsible for himself. As I said, I can only take responsibility, control, and ownership of, of the property that God's given me. You can only take care of, of what is yours. And if, here's the thing. If I don't take responsibility for my own life, no one else will do that for me. My wife is not going to do that. Our friends, our job, our bosses... No one else is going to take control of your life um, except for you. And so, as we see in this, in this scripture, we want to help each other with, with troubles, right? That's just something that we, we feel naturally inclined to. I want to help other people with their troubles. In fact, that scripture we just read said, it's the law of Christ when we help other people with their troubles. But the challenge that we face personally with boundaries is this, is that we make other people's troubles our responsibility. Can you relate to that? We make other people's troubles our responsibility. Maybe a good example of this might be if you ever got roped into signing a, a co-signing on someone's car loan or something like that. We make other people's troubles our responsibility. And the challenge that we face in this is that we want to jump into fixing other people when truly our heart is not even ready to do that or even capable to do that because we haven't taken responsibility for ourselves. So we're going to look at boundaries a couple different ways today, but before we get there, I want to tell you just a little story that maybe can help us think of this idea together. I, I live on a hill. I rent a house. It's on a hill, and there are several homes down below us, and one day we get a, a knock on the door, and it's the owner of the property directly below us, and he says, hey, I have raw sewage coming through the walls of my house. Get your head around that for a second. I have raw sewage coming through the walls of my house, and I think it's coming from your yard. So in this one instance, I'm like, I am so grateful that I don't own here in California. I am not responsible for this. So um, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, don't, I don't think it's us. We just had all these repairs done, but I, I'll call it in. And so I called it in, and they said, no, you know, we dug up half the backyard and fixed all the drainage. And so there's this pipe that the county owns between the two properties, and it's their fault. So, um, so the guy comes back a couple days later, and he's like, hey, did you, did you call about that? Because I still have sewage coming through my walls. 
And uh, he said, in fact, today it smells like laundry. And I wanted to be like, first of all, why are you smelling it that closely? I'm like, are you going to notice if I like changed my diet? I'm like, oh, they must have cut up fiber. Or I don't, I don't know. Why are you <laughs> looking at it that closely? But he said that it, it, smells like, it smells like laundry detergent. And we had just been washing clothes. So I was like, ah, probably is us. So we went out in the backyard, and we, there it was, was, this gross fountain of stuff coming up. And, but here, here's the thing that we need to realize, that he could have like, taken the steps to correct the problem in his basement of scrubbing my stuff off of his walls, but here's the problem. Unless I fixed it upstream, he was still going to have that problem, and there were things leaking from, from my yard into his yard that were causing an issue for him, and here's the thing. I didn't even know that I was causing a problem in his yard. And there are things in our hearts that leak into other people's lives, and we intentionally or unintentionally affect the lives that are around us. So it's, it's really important as we look at this idea of, of boundaries that we start by looking in, inward first. And so what we're going to do today is, as we look at boundaries, we're going to look at two boundaries in two ways. We're going to look at what I'm calling internal boundaries, and then we're going to look at some external boundaries, which is what we think of when we think of this idea of boundaries as setting boundaries for other people. But let's look at what Jesus said in his first sermon in Matthew. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. You may have heard of that. Um, this is from the message version of the Bible. And it says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. And I think what he's saying here is that, that we can miss what God is trying to do all around us when we don't have our own heart and our mind set right before God. Another section of scripture, Jesus is asked, hey, you're doing a lot of teaching, so can you like, can you like sum it up? What's like the most important thing so I can talk, so I can take this away? And, and this is what he says. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. And here's the last bit, and love your neighbor as yourself. But how many times do we find ourselves things from our life leaking into other people's lives. And, and here's the thing. We don't even love ourselves enough to be able to fix ourselves first and then be able to go and help people with their troubles. And so the first way on your notes, the first way of loving ourselves is to have internal boundaries. And the first internal boundary is this, determining our value. Our ability to make and keep boundaries is in direct connection with how we perceive our own value. And this is really dangerous for us, especially here in the Silicon Valley, because the very first thing that you do when you meet somebody besides, hey, what is your name? The second question is always what? What do you do, right? And it, you can argue that, yes, it's a conversation starter, but it's either subconsciously or consciously, we're starting to add value or assign value to people based on what they do. And you really feel this if you're like in between jobs, right? You don't even want to have that conversation. You're like, oh, look, a bird. You want to change the subject real quick. I don't want to talk about what I do because I'm not doing anything, and that makes me less of a person and all that stuff. But it's so dangerous for us because here in the Silicon Valley especially, we get our value from our accomplishments, we get our value from our relationships, whether we're in a relationship or not, whether you're married, whether you're not, whether you have kids, whether you don't have kids. We get it from our career. We get it from our education. Even more importantly, where we got our education from, right? All these things, we 
put value on when our value really doesn't come from, from that. And here, some of us need to start making a boundary of truth in our minds. And look at what Jesus said in, in Matthew later on chapter. He's saying, the disciples are saying, hey, you've, assigned, you've created a lot of things here. So like, what, help us out. What's important? What's, what has value? What doesn't? And this is what he says. Two sparrows cost only a penny, but not even one of them can die without your father's knowing it. God even knows how many hairs are on your head. So don't be afraid. You are worth much more than many sparrows. Jesus gives us our ultimate value so that we can add value to others. And you can't add value to other people's lives unless you first take care of the issue of understanding the incredible value that comes through being in Christ. And this affects us so much that we can't even set boundaries for ourselves because it's directly tied to how we feel about ourselves, what the value that we perceive our value, what, what it is. Another way of saying it is this, that, that boundaries aren't selfish, they are necessary for a selfless life. So sometimes we can see setting boundaries as selfish. I, I'm not going to set boundaries for myself because that's being selfish. I, I don't want to draw a line here because I'm just, I'm just being selfish. But what it really does is it allows you to become more healthy when you set some boundaries for yourselves. We started this entire uh, series by talking about the subject of selflessness. And so if you missed it, I really want to encourage you to go on our, our new app or on our website and listen to the message Pastor Andy did on selflessness. He did an awesome job. And it was a great start to this entire series. But the reason this is rough for us, the reason that we can't seem to get to putting the right boundaries in, in place is that we have ch a challenge with this because depending on your work environment or your family dynamics or whatever, especially here in the Silicon Valley, we feel that for me to communicate what my needs really are, that's weakness. Can you relate to that? If I tell you what I really need, it's going to be perceived as weakness. And nobody wants to seem weak, right? But it's not weakness to communicate your needs. It's actually healthy. And here's the deal. If you ignore what your needs actually are for too long, you'll be heading toward this unintentional reboot that we've been talking about. Another way of saying an unintentional reboot is a crash, right? You'll be heading toward a crash in your marriage, in your finances, in your relationships with your kids, right? If we let these things go too far, and in reference to that verse that we read in Galatians about deceiving ourselves, if anyone is thinking he is important when he is really not, he's only fooling himself. And we get this idea deep down inside of us, especially when it comes to the pace of life that we feel like we have to keep, to keep going at our jobs, all that stuff. We deceive ourselves that we can maintain that forever. And we all know that at some point, it's going to crash. I'm going to crash in my physical health. I'm going to crash in my marriage because I'm staying at work too late. I'm going to crash with the relationship with my kids. And the real issue is here is that in order to fix some things for us, we really don't want to take the time that it really takes to do some of the work around this area. Um, I am a runner, and uh, I, um, I had to have surgery last year. I, I put this 
um, on my knee, and, and I, I put the surgery off for like half a year because at some level, I'd had little issues here and there like you do when you run, and it always goes away. But this one was different. It just wouldn't go away, and, but I put it off for like a half a year still thinking it was going to heal itself, and I ended up having to have surgery. And I, I, my very first question that I asked, as many of you would, is how long is it going to take to recover? Right? Because at some level, I don't want my, want my life interrupted long enough to let this heal and take care of itself. And we all do this in our, our physical health, but we really do this when it comes to areas of the heart. We don't really want to take the time that it takes to fix some of the things down within us that God really wants to heal within us, especially in the area of our value. And we think because no one else can see it because it's on the inside that, that it doesn't exist. And so we keep ignoring it and keep going. But look at what Proverbs 4 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The second reason we have a difficult time maintaining and setting boundaries in this area of, of internal boundaries of our value is this, is that we often see ourselves as second-class citizens not worthy of having real boundaries or needs. And then when that happens, we feel even worse about ourselves. And maybe you're a, a kind of a person that you set a boundary and it's like out here and someone crosses it and then you're like, oh no, I'm just kidding. It's here, it's here, it's here because people won't respect your boundaries. And then what ends up happening is that you start to get resentful against that person that keeps breaking that boundary, but you become even more resentful of yourself that at some level I'm not strong enough to, to maintain these boundaries. And the trick of this, of guarding your heart, which brings value to you, is to start thinking differently about yourself. And so that is number two, internal boundaries, the internal boundary of our thoughts. Everything in our lives starts out at some level as a thought. Every accomplishment that you have achieved at some point was a thought before you actually went and did it. And when Jesus came onto the scene, he really turned this whole idea on its head. He said that, you know, you've heard it said in the Old Testament, don't commit adultery. I'm telling you to take a step further. If you look at a woman lustfully, then you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. It gives a lot of emphasis to our thoughts. And Paul, later on in Romans in the book of Romans, he says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Later on, Paul, in that same book, he talks about being intentional with our thoughts. You probably, many of you have heard that scripture that says, think about such things, anything that's praiseworthy or admirable, think about those things. And he's saying, be intentional with your thoughts, because even back 2,000 years ago without modern psychology, he knew at some level that our thoughts, for whatever reason, tend to go negative. And it's crazy, isn't it? I read this, this stat that blew my mind this week, that 80 to 90% of our thinking day-to-day -day does not change. So 80 to 90% of our thinking day-to-day -day is the same. And what the, the issue with that is, is that many of us, for most of us, that 80 to 90% of the thinking that we are doing is usually revolving around things that are untrue about ourselves. And we get into negative thought patterns, which is why some of us are sitting here today and you feel worthless and you feel unloved and you feel too old or you feel too young 
or you feel like life has passed you by, you failed before, you're always going to fail again. And so at some level, you don't even dare to dream about how things could be different or how things could change in your life because you, at some level, you heard something, somebody said something to you, a coach, a teacher, a a parent, some relative that said something stupid in the moment of, of passing, and that became true for you. And so you put that record on, and now that thing just spins. That thing that was or is untrue about you now has become true in your thinking and in your life. Uh, I want to put it this way. Today, in this area of thinking, some of us need to put some boundaries around the area of what we think and what we allow into our hearts. I want to look at it this way. This is, is you, okay? And now I know that you, um, you're better looking at this and then you have two eyes, but just hang with me, okay? So this is, this is you, and this is like the, the heart of who you are. This is like your soul. This is where your passions are. This, this is you, and this is the, the boundary that you, you try to create around yourself. And so when negative thoughts come or somebody else's words come to you, here's what happens. Instead of being out here like, okay, you got a job, bad job review, you got a bad uh, job performance review, or you have some things to work on at school. Instead of being out here and, and being healthy about it and be like, okay, yes, there are some things at my job that I need to get better and I have to put some work into it. What happens is for some reason, because we don't have ba- the correct boundaries in place, when this comes to you, not only do you have things to work on at work, now you're a failure. Um, over here, I have some things to work on in my parenting. Now you're a bad mom. Does, does that make sense? And so when people come to you and say like, hey, uh, do you mind to, when you use that thing, do you mind to just clean up after yourself? That'd be really helpful. But what you hear is you're a terrible person. Do you know what I mean? And we allow these thoughts into the core of who we are instead of checking them and seeing what what does God say about me? Where do I get my value from? And the value that I get is not what you say or what you even think about me. The value that I get is from what God says about me. And the challenge is that we let things in so deeply. And if I'm being really honest with you, I came up with this because I was describing to somebody, this is how I feel. And I don't know why when people say something to me, it goes right to the heart of who I am. And it really caused me to look a couple years ago, why, why is that? And it's because I had an issue with the boundaries within my own thinking, that I was not supporting or I was not putting boundaries of truth around my thoughts. And, the tr- and truth is so hard because most of the time we don't feel truth, right? Truth doesn't, like, especially when you're caught in this, like, you don't feel like the truth. But I'm going to give you some examples. And maybe today you need to spend some time looking, what does God say about me then? So if I need to have a boundary of truth around me, what does God say about me? And here are a couple examples. I am more than a conqueror. I can't be separated from his love. I am the apple of his eye. Wait for the Lord Take heart, be strong, and wait for the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Going back to the responsibility part of this, this is my responsibility to create boundaries around myself and my thinking. And you know when you interact with people like this, when you, you come and you just say, hey, do you mind to work on that? It's just a little weird or whatever. And they're like, they take it all the way down to here. And you're like, dang, I just wanted you to clean up after yourself. You know, I, you're not a terrible person. And you feel that, 
that vacuum from people like needing your approval and like needing coddling. And it's because they themselves don't even have the boundaries around there. And let me just say from being on the inside of this, it is not the other person's responsibility to create boundaries for you. It is your responsibility to to put the boundaries that you need around you. And, and if I'm really honest, I'm not going to say we all do this. I'll just say I do this, okay? I'll use I statements so you guys can feel better. I do this, or I used to do this until I got some tools around this. But when I'm angry that a boundary has been crossed, instead of going to the person and, and telling them, hey, I'm angry, and there's, there's some things we need to talk about, what happens, or used to happen, is, um, is that I would drop hints. I, like, this person should know that I'm angry. This person should know that I'm hurt by what they just said, or they should know that they violated me in some way. And it is not the other person's responsibility to decipher my hints. It is my responsibility to create boundaries around my thinking. This past weekend, um, I did, in preparation for this sermon, I, I did an interview with a professional counselor, and I just said, hey, here's the thing. I'm like, we all know, yes, I need boundaries. Boundaries are a good thing, right? But nobody knows how to have this conversation. Like, how do you have the conversation? Like, tell, talk to me like I'm a nine-year-old. How do we have this conversation when we're visiting parents from out of town, and you've got two sets of families you've got to go to, and we're only going to spend this much time with you, and we're only going to spend this much time with you, or you have that relative that won't stop asking to borrow money and never paying it back, or like, how do you have these conversations? So in, in my 30 minutes of, of interview with her, I... Um, I took like five pages of notes. So I wish that I could get to all this. And I'm just going to share just a little bit of it. And what we're going to do is uh, at southbaychurch.org, we have a, a blog. And by Tuesday, I'm just going to put all of my notes to, to this conversation of like, how do you know when like too much is too much? Like, when do you have to detach from the relationship? How, how do you, you know, so all that stuff. And so I'm going to put that all on there for you. But what I want to get to real quickly here in the last few minutes that we have together is just to give you a quick little formula of how to have this conversation to create boundaries for, for others once we know that we've got our, our heart right. And here, here it is. So the, the very first thing you do when you start this conversation is what she calls the soft startup. A soft startup is to, to tell the other person, like, hey, I, I really appreciate this about the relationship that we have, or I appreciate this about you. And, and what that does is it disarms a little bit, and you're starting with the positive, and then you jump into this little formula, and here it is. When you blank, it makes me feel this way, would you be willing to blank? And you don't have to write all these down. We're going to put it on the blog, so don't feel like you have to write real fast. But when would you be willing to do this? Moving forward, my hope is that this. So let me put a real-life example in here so that you can see how, feel how this works. So when you correct me in public, it makes me feel disrespected. Would you be willing to wait until an appropriate time when we're alone to talk to me about that? Because moving forward, my hope is that we could respect and honor each other in public. And then here is the, the big key to this whole thing. The last one is, is there anything that you need from me? Because when you ask that question, it makes this conversation less of I'm right and you're wrong and makes it a two-way street. And you might learn something about why this person is acting like this when you ask this question. Is there anything that you need from me? And I, I just want to say, if... If you go through this little process and they say, no, I'm not willing to do whatever you've just asked me, it's still a good conversation because you have done your part in making your needs known. And it, it's, uh, 
past that point, it's your responsibility to either take that need back to God or to take it to someone else that can meet that need for you. And when you enter these conversations with give and take, there's usually room to work something out. But you, I just need to insert here that sometimes setting boundaries, especially when you try to set boundaries at work, it can have some real life implications. And you need to know that and measure the cost on the front end. Because let's, let's take this cute little thing that we have here. When you, let's say that you say this to your boss, right? Because people in my position always want to tell you, go into your boss's office, tell him I'm not working on Fridays anymore, right? So let's look at this. Okay, so when you give me projects last minute, it makes me feel like you don't value my time. Would you be willing to uh, give me more notice? Is there anything that you need from me? And they might say, yes. Would you be willing to put your personal items in this box as I escort you to the door? Because <laughs> I will find somebody who will do these projects last minute. So there is a cost to be counted and a financial cost sometimes, uh, implication to our boundaries that we try to put at work. But here's the thing that you need to know. Only you know how much you can take but you have to measure on the front end what are the potential implications of this because it could change the relationship. It could change my employment here. But I would ask you, at what cost? Not just a job. Scripture tells us that the Lord is our provider, not this job. But if I continue down this road of running this pace that I am, allowing you to walk all over me, allowing you to disrespect me as a human being at work, the cost could be uh, my personal health, it could be my marriage, it could be the relationship with the people that I love the most, and then you, get, you fast forward to the end of your life and you're going to care that you worked at this company for three years, or, or you're going to care about the relationships that you had in, in your life. And I'm not trying to give you like an either or, there's, most of the time there's always some room to work both ways, but the important thing about this is that you have to take ownership and be willing to take ownership of what your part is in it. And maybe when you ask your boss and say, hey, uh, would you be willing to do this? And they might say, is there anything that you need from me? They might be saying, saying that I'm not going to do that for you because uh, you come in late all the time. Or there might be something that you learn in this conversation too. But here's the big key is, of this as we kind of round the corner to end this thing, that you cannot have these conversations with your boss or with a family member or who else whoever else, out of this word, out of fear. Fear cannot drive these conversations. Because as you communicate the boundary to these other people, it has to come from a place of strength and not a place of weakness. One of the things that keeps us from communicating the boundaries that we need to keep is this word fear. Because we fear at some level, I'm going to lose the job, I'm going to lose the relationship, I'm going to lose credibility, and that changes how people see me, and there's a whole list of things that go along with that. All of that stuff is on the external. But you need to know this area of internal boundaries, it starts with the heart. This whole idea of boundaries starts with the heart. Another way to say it is this, that setting my boundaries out of fear shrinks my life. Setting boundaries through truth brings freedom. And when you are not walking in this confidence in the value of who you are through truth, everything gets blurry and you get weird. 
That's the truth. Have you ever experienced this? You're walking down the hall you, at work, you see two people talking in the corner, and then they close the door as you come near them. Like, they obviously must be talking about me, right? Or you walk around the corner, two people are talking, they see you, and they stop talking, right? And it's obviously about me, right? And I'm, I'm walking around, and you're wondering if, if people, like, gosh, well, he said that. He must be mad at me, right? And here is the thing. We allow that to drive us because of fear, Instead of being confident in who God says that we are, and we're looking for other people to validate us when it's not their job to validate you. And all of this, in closing, all of this, here's the thing. You can go to work tomorrow. You can go to your relationships this afternoon. None of this is going to change for, for you unless you allow God to do something new here. Because you don't have enough willpower, or I'll put it on myself, I don't have enough willpower that it takes to maintain this, to create this, unless God is doing something new here. And I want to show you this in Scripture. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life virgins. I don't even like that word, but here's, here's what it means. It means that something is coming up new so quickly with so much power that you can't hold it back. It's like trying to put your hand on a, a fire hose trying to hold back water. There is no way that you're going to hold that back. New life springs up so powerfully, and look at it. it all this comes from the Lord who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. And if you don't allow God to create something new in you in this area, all of this stuff is no better than resolutions that we make at the beginning of the year and don't accomplish. So in closing, I want to show you two, two pictures. I want to show you this, this beautiful picture that you'll know exactly where this is when you see it. Let's see that picture. This is obviously Milpitas. No, this is Ireland, right? You can tell that it's Ireland. It's beautiful green rolling hills. It's beautiful grass, and you see these awesome stone walls everywhere. And it's like, don't, isn't there something you just like, I want to go there this afternoon. And you see these beautiful stone walls. But I want to show you what it looked like beforehand. Can we see the other picture? This is what it looks like naturally. Naturally, the ground in Ireland is so rocky and so stony that nothing can grow there but weeds. And it takes really hard work to remove, even to this day with modern technology, there's, it takes really hard work to remove each one of those stones one by one. And what I want to say to you today is this area of boundary can, boundaries can be just like this. Can we see the other picture? With God's help, you can remove the stones that are holding the growth back that God wants to give you in your life. And something that was a weakness for you, something that was holding back growth for you, can now, with God's help, be pulled up out of the ground of your heart and be placed as something that is a strength for you, something that is there to protect you. And so maybe today, as we sing this next song together, maybe you just need to ask God, what are those stones in my heart that I need your help removing so I can create some boundaries to keep me safe, to keep others safe? For some of us, those stones might be anger. They might be hurt. There might be some rejection. There might be some tough conversations that you need to have. There's some areas of compromise that you've been giving into. There are financial hardships there's the message of the world telling you that you won't measure up, that you'll never be free. And there's this, this stone here of fear. 
that God wants to take that from you, dig it out of the ground one by one, and place it as something that can be a strength for you, that can protect you with his help. And all this starts right here by God allowing God to do something new in you that you can't do for yourself, that only he can come in and make you a new creation with his help. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you don't just leave us as we are. You see, you see it all. You see all of our ways laid before you. You see all the stones and all the weeds in the area of our heart. God, and you know today what needs to happen. Some of these conversations are, are very real today as we're thinking about the boundaries that we need to put in place, all the boundaries that we've let slip by. And God, we need your help. We need your help to have those conversations with people that we love, people with, that we work with, in order to get us to a healthy place so we can help other people with their troubles. But God, keep us from allowing other people's troubles to become our responsibility, God. Will you help us with that? Will you help make us new? We ask all these things in your name. Amen. As we sing this song together, I just want to invite you to contemplate and ask God, what is it that I need to get out of my heart? And how do I do it? What are the steps that I need to take with God's help to start pulling that up out of the ground? And we're going to give you a few moments to, to think about that as we sing together.